On today's show, if you're planning to retire in 2022, we've got some suggestions that you should be doing right now to potentially help get you there. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Jules. Welcome once again to your retirement. Chuck Caton here for Dual Financial Strategies with over 20 years of experience. And we have Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel in studio. And once again, uh, they are the people that could provide that retirement lifestyle review for you. And uh, it's good to be with all of you here in uh, 2022. And uh, thanks to the economy, Sam, the pandemic, and all the other forces that have been brewing uh, here early in 2022, I think you'll want to make sure uh, extra sure uh, that is uh, that you're, you've got all your ducks in order because uh, uh, when you waltz off into your golden years, you want to have security, don't you? And I think there's a, a few things that uh, you will prescribe uh, to make retirement a lot easier for your clients, right, Sam? Like being aware of catch-up contributions in 2022. When you're working, uh, why not, uh, if you're over the age of 50, add on because it's going to uh, pay benefits in the future. Yeah, for sure, Chuck. Uh, you know, it's you're going to go into retirement here and you're going to start taking income. But before we start taking income, we got to have something to take some income from. So uh, many of you are still building these accounts. We find that many of you continue to build these accounts even after you retire. Because basically, if you have earned income, meaning that you got a W-2 from an employer or you're self-employed and you issue yourself a 1099, you can make these contributions into these retirement plans. So for this year, for 2022, the contribution limits for things like 401k, K's, 403Bs, most 457 plans, thrift saving plans, those of you that work uh, particularly in a postal system, your TSPs. These are the employer-sponsored plans that you're in. And the contribution limit for those is going to be $20,500. That's how much you can put into that. Uh, but then also, if you are over the age of 50, you could put an additional $6,500 into one of those. So you could contribute up to $27,000 of your total income into something like that. Now, if you're contributing outside of one of those plans, if you're putting money into just a regular IRA or you're putting it into a Roth IRA, those are still capped at $6,000. So if you're under the age of 50, you can put in $6,000. But if you're over 50, you get an extra $1,000 you can put in there. You can do $7,000. Okay. Uh, there's some simple plan contributions that you can make. Most people don't use one of those, but uh, those are remaining unchanged as well. But just remember that when you're making these contributions into it, you always want to discuss that with your advisor. You also want to discuss it with your tax person because it may or may not make sense at this point in your life to put those into tax deferred vehicles. So it's not just a matter of can you put the money in there? It's like, does it make sense? To put the money in there yeah. and it is important to to remember too that you can contribute to both of those accounts you can yes that's, you can, that's still you can, the case you can put at work and you can also put into outside of it so, so you could do up to twenty seven thousand into the 401k 403b yep. and you could do the additional amount into the ira correct it's yep. always bothered me that they really restrict how much you can put into an individual ira and and roth ira because those two limits are one limit essentially like if you right. have an outside ira right. and roth ira then that total is essentially the max that you can put into yeah. those accounts together which and yeah so one reminder you can't 
outside of your employer-sponsored plan, put the money into both. That's a common mistake that we see made is you can't put 7000 into a regular IRA and another 7000 into a Roth for a total of 14 It's one or the other in your own individual plan. All right, and I agree with Andy uh, <laughs> as having done a, a Roth contribution recently. I wish I could have put more than $7,000 in uh, for myself and for my wife. So uh, let's talk about this, Andy. We're talking about savings, doing things uh, so that you can retire uh, with ease. And uh, you can. Uh, some people want to put 10 times your your pre-retirement income. Uh, should that be a barometer for savings? Well, I think that sounds overwhelming to a lot of people. So if we break that down, you know, when they say, oh, you should have a decade's worth of, you know, salary um, squirreled away, you'd be mm -hmm. in good shape. Well, that's relative. I mean, it's based on what your costs are. It's based on your first 10 years of retirement is generally more expensive from a lifestyle perspective. And then your latter years tend to get more expensive with healthcare. So you know, just for a rule of thumb, okay? If you have $500,000 in an IRA, that's approximately, and I'm not talking about taxes here, over a 10-year period of time, that would give you about $41.66 in income per month. 250000 is a little over $2,000 a month, just to give you perspective of what does that actually equate to, um, you know, when, when they say, oh, you should have a dec decade's worth of salary. Mm. Again, it depends on your lifestyle and what that looks like and how much you spend. Um, nobody wants to take a pay cut when they go into retirement. And we don't see that as much as the norm has been stated that forever, oh, don't worry, you'll be in a lower tax bracket or you'll make less in, in retirement. I think that's kind of hogwash also. Um, we don't see people take drastic cuts in their pay when they go into retirement. We don't see them paying less taxes going into retirement. So just be aware that yes do i think you should have money sitting away for lifestyle and for health care yes absolutely i do um but that depends on how important it is to you absolutely so, yeah. everybody's benchmark is a little different all right so when we talk about that uh, luke in terms of your budgeting uh, discretionary spending uh this is something uh you want to live that lifestyle uh that you want in retirement so you've got to consider that yeah chuck you want to kind of budget for the discretionary spending as well as, you know, just the housing and medical expenses and food that, you know, you're going to need. Because ultimately, I think people want to enjoy those golden years that they've worked so hard for. And so you want to include some fun factor in, right? It's not just all the the adulting responsibilities that we have to right. deal with every month. We want to build in some discretionary spending so that we can plan to enjoy some of that retirement savings as well. Yeah. And what we do, do we mean, Sam, uh, when we talk about retirement planning isn't linear? What's that all about? We so often see this where uh, people will go into retirement and we've seen a retirement plan put together and it's basically, it's very one dimensional, Chuck. It's, oh, okay. it doesn't allow for any flexibility necessarily. And, and, I mean, we can tell you from, you know, over two decades worth of experience in doing retirement planning for everyone that you know, the one thing you need to plan on is change. It's not going to stay the same. It's like there's going to be pandemics. There's going to be recessions. There's mm -hmm. going to be times of low interest. There's going to be times of high interest. There's going to be inflation. These things wax and wane. They're cyclical. They always have since the dawn of time and they always will. So you need a really good, well thought out, comprehensive plan that gives you wiggle room because 
we know we're going to have to change things. Mm -hmm. But what you want is basically a set of retirement guardrails in place so that you know what the rules are, you know what the boundaries are, and then you have a benchmark that you can plan against. You can say, oh, this is outside of the parameters. What's happening right now is outside of the parameters of what we planned on. So we need to adjust. So don't just have this single-minded oh, you're just going to go out and buy this and you're going to buy that and that's going to take care of you for the rest of your retirement. No, it's not. The one thing that you're going to have to have is flexibility. And I think, Andy, you can prepare yourself better for retirement if you pay off your debts first. Uh, True. Going into retirement, I think most people shoot for being basically debt-free. It's a good idea. A lot of people go in, you know, just before they retire, maybe the last five years, and they start doing repairs to homes, roofs, for you know, furnace, um, big costly things that that they can continue to uh, make sure that for the next period of time they aren't going to have things like that that come up. Um, But you know, there's the other aspect of if you've got a chunk of money sitting in your accounts and it's making you. A decent rate of return and you have a very low interest payment on your mortgage for instance um, because mortgage interest rates have been so low it's not always the worst thing in the world i i'm a little bit more apt to say keep the money in your pocket making money for you than to give it to the bank um, because they'd be happy but then you have less dollars and cents earning money for you so i'm i'm a little bit more under the the mindset of um use somebody else's money if it's really inexpensive. And Luke, have a spending strategy. That seems uh, like common sense. Yeah, absolutely. It is somewhat common sense. But when when it comes to starting out those first few years of retirement, as Andy was talking about, it might seem a little bit overwhelming to have, you know, whatever the number is that you ultimately need for your lifestyle. But if it's 10 times, you know, your salary, if you go into retirement without any sort of plan, that big kind of daunting pile of money can easily turn into a small pile of money in a relatively quick fashion. But I think the other side of that coin is too, um, especially in our area, Chuck, here in the Fox Valley, is that big pile of money can stay a big pile of money because some people's plan is just don't touch the pile of money. If you don't touch the pile of money, you won't run out of it. But having a having a well thought out plan will allow you to do some of the things that you wanted to do in an efficient manner and still enjoy some of those retirement years. I think there's another aspect that's a little bit like make sure that your food, clothing and shelter, things that you depend on every single month are basically um, you've got the dollars and cents guaranteed coming in no matter what. Mm -hmm. That that takes some pressure off the rest of it discretionarily can be, you know, if you're going to pick away at your pile of money, you can, but those really important monthly bills need to be kind of done. Addressed, yep. care of, yeah. Well, a lot of people want to uh, retire early, Sam, but uh, sometimes they don't consider the fact that they're going to have some medical expenses. Uh, hopefully they stay healthy, but uh, if you retire early, you're not getting Medicare until you turn 65. Yeah, if you're going to have that gap in there between the time that you retire and 65, you certainly have to bridge that. we got to figure out what are those medical expenses going to be and also being very aware of those chronic medical expenses. What happens if you have a long-term care stay? What happens if you develop some sort of a, you know, a dementia-based illness? Absolutely. So, Sam, as we wrap it up here, remember, uh, you've got beneficiaries. Always review those. This is a great time to do that at the, at the start of a new calendar year. And also, uh, if you're thinking about retirement, you've got to be mentally ready, don't you? And you can help with that. Yeah, you know, Chuck, that's what that Retirement Lifestyle Review is all about that we talk to people about on uh, every week on radio and television. 
these are all points that we need to talk about, folks. These are all very important aspects in your life. There is no one most important thing to look at when you retire. It's a multitude of things. And a lot of this, if you haven't noticed, has nothing whatsoever to do with the money, has nothing to do with the investing. I know you've been used to just being sold something, to being pitched something, to, oh, all we want to talk about doing is investing the money. I would say, folks, that if you're doing a good, comprehensive retirement lifestyle review with your best interest, in mind. The last thing you're going to talk about is the investing. You're going to talk about your retirement and your lifestyle first. That's what we offer you is that realistic person-to-person approach without the sales pitch. 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And as Sam said, you'll get that retirement lifestyle review because it's all about you. It's custom made for you with over their score of years of experience here at Dual Financial Strategies because it is your retirement. Remember, they are independent. Uh, they're not beholden to any company to just sell you something, as Sam has always said. Uh, no, they want you to have the best with their fiduciary standards best for your retirement because it's all about you. So it's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486 to get that uh, no-cost, no-obligation appointment uh, with Dual Financial Strategies. Sam, what's coming up in the next segment? When we come back, we'll take a look at some financial factors that are often overlooked, some things to consider as you map out your retirement. We are back on your retirement. Chuck Caton here along with the fine folks of the Fox Valley. And that uh, we're talking about Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. And remember, you can reach him at 866-203-7486. Sam has penned a book, Purpose uh, Determines Placement. And when you come in and make that appointment, he will uh, grace you with a copy of that. I'm sure you're still uh, making a lot of them. You probably have a few that you can uh, dole out to uh, some of your new clients, don't you, Sam? I would think. Yeah, for sure. We, uh, we're actually, Chuck, we have just on the backside of updating that. Oh, uh, good. We have updated everything for 2022. Excellent. And we, we've added a chapter uh, on Medicare. So I think that people will find that real valuable. We're going to have those in hand here just real shortly. All right. Very good. All right. Let's talk about some of these financial factors here because Forbes Financial Council is an invitation-only group of senior financial advisors. And now uh, we're going to talk in this segment about what they believe should not be overlooked as you drive down that road to retirement. This is is big uh, because, uh, again, uh, optimizing while you're working your uh, your benefit with your 401k plan is key, isn't it, Sam? You have to uh, maximize that contribution. Absolutely. You want to maximize and take best advantage of that money. For sure, just to begin with, as a base consideration, you want to make sure you're taking advantage of the free money. So if your employer is offering you a match, you certainly want to contribute enough to get that match because that's that's good free money. But beyond that, there is also an optimal level of money to have in those tax-deferred savings plans like 401ks and IRAs when you hit required minimum distribution age. I've included uh, 
uh, all of the math for that in the book Purpose Determines Placement. We'd be happy to get you a copy of that. But yes, optimal is the word here, both your contributions now and the amount of money to have in that account later. Absolutely. Now, uh, let's go about uh, the business of uh, taking care of a livable annual wage. Uh, That is something that seems, again, Andy, to be uh, very common sense. Well, you would think so, yeah. I mean, what does it take? I'm the uh, before you go into retirement. What does it take for you to live? And then looking at what do you, what bills are still going to be there? How much money do you need in retirement? Um, it doesn't take that much to just kind of look at it. Grab your credit card statements. Grab your bank statements. You can do a rough sketch of you know what's what's typical. Don't forget your property taxes and things that are just going to be there. Um, so not not too challenging to identify, but you do need to be. A, be mindful of it when you're going in there. And and do you have an income gap between Social Security and if you've got a pension, um, how much is your lifestyle in comparison to that? And and then where are we going to make up that difference? Absolutely. Luke, health care. We always talk about it uh, from time to time on this program because it is so important because uh, we... Uh Unfortunately, we'll have a percentage of our our listeners not have the best of health, and they've got to consider the ramifications financially about that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to probably hundreds of people um, over the last 10 years. Sam, you've probably been in the thousands of people. And, you know, over and over, the, the same fear is what comes forward, and that is that people are afraid to outlive their money. And the single biggest unknown is the cost of, of health care when you're rolling into retirement. So there's some keys, though, to protecting and preserving your wealth, especially um, as inflation continues to rise. And there's some necessary steps that you need to take to mitigate and ultimately better manage those future costs. So have a conversation with somebody and plan for this area because it is a it's a big unknown. Well, we've talked about this before in the last segment, uh, most uh, recently, Sam. And again, for those that are approaching retirement, uh, you've got to uh, cancel out debt. Now, I know Andy said there's some good debt. Uh, if you have a low mortgage rate, uh, you know, not necessarily have to pay the house off or the condo, but other debt has to be eliminated, especially that credit card. For sure. And that's the one thing is the question is, is the debt manageable? Can I manage the debt with the amount of cash flow that I have? All right. So that's your first question. The second question is, is it good debt or bad debt? As Andy said, you have a mortgage on your home and it's at a low interest rate. Well, you got to live somewhere absent staying in a refrigerator box. So if that is the case, as long as we can manage the debt, that's fine. But you start running into retirement and you're running those 12, 14, 18, 28% charge cards and you just keep adding to that. You'll never in your lifetime get out from underwater under that. So just work backwards. If you've got to, if we got to eliminate some debt, go to the highest interest rate thing that you have, stop using it and start paying it off and just work your way down the line. It'll happen a lot quicker than you think um, if you just take a systematic approach to it. Absolutely. Speaking of that uh, refrigerator box, I think that's what we're in right now here in Northeast Wisconsin. <laughs> well, we are for sure. <laughs> All right. We've moved out of the refrigerator and into the deep freeze. There you <laughs> at go. At least as we record this show. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? All right. We're talking again with the, the fine folks of Dual Financial Strategies about things that you uh, should not overlook as you're approaching retirement. We didn't have to think too much about this, Andy, in the past, but boy, is inflation taking a bite. Well, it's certainly on the topic of every news agency today, um, and and it should be. I mean, look at how things have gone up. I think that people need to spend some time in planning their retirement. We talk about this all the time. How is 
how is this inflation actually going to affect you? Um, because some people aren't going to be as affected as others. So I guess the thing that I would say is um, have a conversation about that, get a little bit more in depth, don't freak out about it because ultimately it it may not affect you as much as it's going to, um, as much as the news media wants to let on to that. So just just be mindful of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and long-term care. Now, I know a, a great segment of our audience may not have to think about this, Luke, but uh, if you don't prepare, you could be behind the eight ball. It could really take a bite out of your retirement if you need long-term care. Right. I think a lot of people think going into retirement that, well, Medicare is just going to cover this area. Uh, but this is vastly overlooked uh, by a lot of people because Medicare will not cover and fill in the gaps for long-term care if you need to stay in a facility um, for nursing care, for long-term care. Um, and you want to think about you know, the implications to what that's going to have on your assets, You know, if there's a spouse that needs it and the other spouse doesn't. Um, and you know, also for parents, for those of you that might be a little bit younger dealing with aging parents, um, you want to start planning and thinking about this ahead of time um, so that you're you're staying ahead of the curve and um, just having this area covered for yourself. Don't overlook these things, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're talking about this segment here with Dual Financial Strategies with Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel. And uh, I just uh, had a milestone birthday recently, Sam, and I... I hope I have more than 8.9 years to live uh, (laughs) because you're going to tell us about stats. And, of course, if I could make it to 2060, I can get another six years out of this. But what about life expectancy? Because that's got to be considered. And you want to be positive about that, don't you? You want to be positive about it. And we find that a lot of people uh, will grossly underestimate what their life expectancy is going to be. Uh, And, you know, you want to talk about a sure recipe for running out of money. Well, you know, plan to live to be 78.9 years old and then live to be 91. And that's a pretty good recipe for running out of money. But... Yeah, we know what the national stats are. We know what they say. But the reality of it is people live healthy lifestyles. They're active. They're doing things. You have got to go into retirement with the mindset that you're going to live into your 90s. And if you don't believe me, just think about the people that you know. I mean, I don't think that there's a person that's listening to the sound of our voices today who doesn't know someone and probably some ones that are close to you that are in their 90s. So plan on a longer lifestyle. It's like, hey, if I plan to be 95 when I run out of money and I happen to go at 85, well, I guess you just left some money behind. But I'd rather be looking at it than looking for it. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, we talk about that long word called diversification, Andy, and you've got to have that in your portfolio because uh, that's the way you can keep up with things like inflation and uh, your uh, uh, life expectancy as it uh, lengthens. That's true. Um, I think the word diversification gets thrown around a lot today. And and sometimes it's the illusion of diversification, you know, making sure that you actually have some different asset classes is very different than having a whole bunch of mutual funds. Um, they may not diversify you. It, it looks like they do, and their names sound great, but that doesn't actually mean that they are doing something different in the grand scheme of things. So just just be mindful of that fact and understand that um, true diversification is actually utilizing different asset classes. A lot of people uh, try to live on this alone, uh, but we uh, certainly don't encourage this, Luke. But Social Security, it's a nice little bonus uh, that you can work with when you're in retirement, but don't rely totally on it. Right, Chuck. You're, I mean, some people try to live on it, like you say, but um, it is it is the largest source of income for most people going into retirement. Hiring people can 
take home um, in excess of $3,000 a month in pre-tax retirement benefits. But these guaranteed you know, inflation-adjusted payments um, do help reduce some of the pressure on your portfolio overall because it's just kind of guaranteed money that's coming in. So how and when you take Social Security is a critical part of your retirement plan that shouldn't be overlooked. All right, let's talk about your Roth IRAs. That's another thing that uh, uh, is uh, well, going to insulate you from taxes, at least, Sam, as we wrap it up, and then you've got a plan for people. Yeah, you know, we get a lot of questions on Roth IRAs. It's amazing uh, that people just don't know what they are. Or they've heard of them, but they don't know what they are. And basically, a Roth IRA is just an investment that the money is taxed before you put it in there. So therefore, the money that comes out of it, plus any of the gains, are tax-free. Uh, it's a very efficient way to uh, manage money. And um, don't forget that you can still put money into a Roth IRA after you retire. There are some income uh, limitations. However, you can typically put in, if you're over the age of 50, you can put in up to $7,000 per year or 100% of your of your earned income, whichever would be less. But the key to it, if you're going to put money into a Roth in retirement, is you have to have earned income and that means you either have to get a 1099 or you have to get a w-2 again with dual financial strategies you've got a plan for people uh, when they come in and see you we've got the retirement lifestyle review chuck we've been doing this for years it's been very successful people really love this process it's very straightforward it's very simple folks it's really just the opportunity that you've been listening to us on the radio you've seen us on television you've heard us speak in public it's the opportunity for you to get together to find out hey would we be a fit for you in retirement would we be able to bring you the value that you're seeking in retirement in order to make sure that you get where you're going to we'll get you a copy of my book purpose determines placement we just did the 2022 updates on that and we just want to have a conversation with you to get get you into a realistic environment so that you get away from the sales pitches, you get away from the hype, you get away from the pushy salesman, and you actually are treated with respect and looked at as a person instead of an account. 866-203-7486. As Sam said, uh, you get a copy of his book, Purpose Determines Placement, uh, when you come in for that no-cost, no-obligation review. Once again, it's 866-203-7486. Sam, uh, fast-moving show. What's coming up in the next segment? You know, as advisors, Chuck, we get asked a lot of questions. And we come back, we're going to tackle some of the questions that you may be hesitant to ask, but you should anyway. Welcome back to your retirement. Chuck Caton here along with uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. It's 866-203-7486. That's the way you can reach them. They are uh, people that are ready to help you construct a retirement plan. It'll be successful. And every week on the show here, uh, we tackle a lot of information about getting into retirement, about how much you should save, how much you can withdraw every year, how much income will you really need. We've talked about your longevity. All of them are great questions, but what about the ones you might be a little hesitant to ask? And so Sam, Andy, and uh, Luke are going to uh, tackle those right now uh, because uh, there are situations that occur uh, with relationships uh, and there are implications of divorce in retirement, Sam, that uh, we need to consider. The personal and financial impact of divorce can be severe, and especially during retirement. We've obviously seen this many times during our careers, uh, but 
you have got a lot of things to think about. This isn't just, I don't like you and you don't like me anymore. And we're just going to go rent separate apartments. You got to divvy up real estate, retirement savings plans, pensions, family businesses, stocks, bonds. You got to be mindful of life insurance proceeds. You got to think about joint long-term care policies that you have, any debts. I mean, the emotional and monetary devastation that is wrought during retirement due to a divorce, it's just catastrophic, Chuck. And I, I would I would beg everyone, do everything you possibly can to not get to that point in your life because it is not this newfound freedom, folks. What you're going to find out is that it is an absolute nightmare. Yes, it really is. And, uh, of course, uh, we don't wish that on anybody. But, again, we can't control that. Uh, those are things that happen in a relationship. But there are ramifications in retirement. And, Andy, uh, here's another one. When you've got some kids, uh, you may have that ticklish uh, discussion about uh, leaving more money to one child than another. Uh, you'd like to treat everybody equal, but there could be circumstances in your life where you can't. Well, you know, we often see it where someone will need a special needs trust because they have a child that might have some emotional or some developmental issues. And so that particular child is not allowed to actually receive money. It has to go into a special needs trust that can then be doled out. So that might be one situation. And, you know, frankly, we always have one child that may be really good at being thrifty and, and saving, keeping their savings, and then another child that um, isn't. And so you might have to set up some sort of provisions within some sort of legal documentation that would be like a trust or some sort of document. You'd have to talk to an attorney about that. But you might need to, in the same situation, make sure that that's, that child does not receive a bucket full of money because it will be gone. I mean, I think the average inheritance is said to only last 17 months. So um, if it's IRA money, then they also have to pay taxes and they could find themselves in a real dicey situation if they just go out and haphazardly spend money and spend it all and don't pay taxes on it. So being, being very careful of um, and knowing your children, it, you can do some damage or you could save them from themselves, perhaps, if the if you've taken the steps to make sure you have the right documents. Yeah, I've got a good uh, kind of remedy for this. Lose your phone number. Change your phone number on one of your kids and they can't call you for money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just do that. <laughs> That's but, one way to uh, Tell them you moved. Oh, exactly. Or then, uh, <laughs> But if they're in your basement and still living with you, then you have a little bit of a problem. They know where you at least bit, live. But, a little uh, bit more of a challenge. That's true. Yeah, it is. Now, let's talk talk about this, Luke. Uh, we're talking about a lot of things, uh, you know, ticklish uh, questions uh, in retirement that you got to deal with. And sometimes uh, you uh, might be in a situation where you're a little short. We talk about preparing for retirement with your longevity, but uh, do I need to save money in retirement? That uh, Some people may question uh, the fact that, uh, do I have enough, uh, even with my Social Security, even with some of my uh, other assets? Uh, do I need to save more, maybe work again part-time? Uh, Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I think by and large that that's good advice. I mean, every Everybody's situation is a little bit different. And as you go through the retirement lifestyle review, that can be determined whether this is absolutely necessary or more of a, a thing to do just because you prefer, right? You want to have another outlet to do something. But especially in those first few years of retirement, when you're going to be the most active, you're going to be spending the most, uh, you want to be sure that you've got a good cushion for any emergencies. Um, maybe there's going to be some large purchases in order to do some of the things that you want to do in those early years. So I think it's smart to continue to be able to save. And of course, you need earned income to do that in the tradi traditional sense. But, um, you know, spending less than you make is um, 
wise advice. Yeah, I guess dovetailing on that, Sam, I, I kind of let the cat out of the bag about working early, but uh, do I need to or should I work part-time in retirement? I guess that's one of those things that you, uh, you hope it isn't necessary. You hope you're doing it because you want to because uh, uh, you've got a lot of hours to fill, and some people may want to do that by working, but you, you don't want to make it a necessity. You want to prepare so you don't have to uh, necessarily, right? I always think that working in retirement should be voluntary, yes. It, and, and we find that a lot of people work just because they like the social interaction of it. They, they don't want to just quit and stay home. They just want to do something different than what they've been doing, you know, for years. It's like, Chuck, you're a perfect example of it. I mean, like you said, you had a milestone birthday here recently at 70. And <laughs> yeah. you're not doing radio shows because you have to, because that's what makes the ends meet. I mean, this helps fill your time. You were a broadcaster for decades for professional hockey. This is just a way that you can do something that yeah absolutely it supplements your income nicely but it also keeps you connected to something that you did for you know your entire career so you do this voluntarily it's like yeah folks if you want to work during retirement absolutely but don't go into retirement saying well i'll just get a part-time job and that'll make the ends meet well it will unless you get sick mm -hmm. or you can't work anymore or something like that Absolutely. Well, I'll let you in a little secret. I don't think I've worked in about 45 years because this uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure working with uh, the three of you, uh, number one. And it is, as you say, doing something that I was always used to. I, I went from a disc jockey to a news person to a sports uh, person from uh, a college uh, broadcasting career for nine yeah. years in the Big Ten, including those four years uh, for our listeners at Wisconsin. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you're right. I mean, and this is a labor of love. I love working with you uh, every week. And so, um, absolutely. And and the nice part is, like you said, I don't need the money. And I'm not bragging about that. But I right. do. it just gets me uh, out of the house. My wife loves it even more than I do. because you know, <laughs> She encourages it, as a matter of fact. Needs alone time after close to 47 years. So She's uh, like, are you going to leave soon? Or that's what? right. <laughs> Isn't it Monday or Tuesday yet? Or, Aren't you or supposed the to be playing golf, right? now or there something you, absolutely <laughs> all right we're talking about ticklish situations uh questions that uh, you have to ask yourself maybe situations that you're put into and uh andy how do you say no to an adult child's request for money now i know a few people i won't name names that are have this situation where they get that phone call from one of the kids oh i need another 10 grand i need another 20 now i i have a couple of affluent friends that can give that kind of money to their kids but i always scratch my head and say why so yeah. how do you say no to an adult child andy uh, that uh, looking for money right now when you're on the precipice of retirement well you do understand they write books about this <laughs> and there's a reason because it's really hard i mean you know you kind of get into this pattern if you're helping kids oh it's just you know temporary whatever and you especially if there's any grandchildren involved you want to make sure that they're taken care of but you have to look at your retirement savings and and that's your pile of money and that's what you have to get you through your remaining years and if you retire in your you know late 50s, early 60s, if you were to retire early, then you, you have a long time to go on that pile of money. You've got, you know, well and probably 25, 35 years. Um, and so saying no can sometimes be very challenging in the beginning, but but you really have to make sure that you have what you need to take care of yourself. Um, and unless there's some extenuating circumstance, like I, I, you know, I apologize, but they're in their best working years right now and they need to be working and making sure that they have income and, and can take care of themselves. Get off of the couch. <laughs> 
That's right. And uh, don't take any stimulus checks either. I hope they don't even give another one out. That's another disincentive, uh, as we know. All right, Luke, uh, we wrap this segment up with another ticklish question. Uh, you, you and your spouse are working. Should couples retire at the same time or at different times? I guess that's uh, an individual decision. It certainly is an individual decision for every family. Um, this topic is often referred to as, you know, do we go in sync or out of sync in retirement? Meaning, do we go at the same time or at a different time? And there's there's really not an easy answer for this because there's pros and cons to both. And age ultimately becomes a really big factor. If there's, you know, five years between you, it can be hard to go at the same time. But you should really be working together, um, communicating through this process. Don't leave any unset expectations out there. Um, And I'd encourage you to have a retirement lifestyle review to know if you can retire, because maybe there is an an age gap. And... um, Traditionally, one of the spouses would need to work a little longer, but it it would be powerful to have the information to know that you could retire and you'd only be doing that uh, voluntarily if one chose to do that. Because once what I've found and we've found over the years is that once one person goes, it's really difficult for that other one, especially on a day like today when we're recording and it's very chilly. Um for that person to get up and go to work. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, good advice there. Uh, and I know you've got some good advice, Sam, for people who are going to be potential clients for you. Yeah, it's, it starts with a conversation. And that's really what we do. We just, we educate. We love to educate people. I mean, that's the reason I've written the book. It's a reason why we do so much work on radio, on television. Uh, we do our two-night educational courses uh, in, uh, in De Pere and in Appleton. Folks, this is all designed at a preliminary level to educate you because we find that the lack of education, specifically as it concerns retirement planning, is just, it's grossly missing today. Um, And there are so many important points that have nothing to do with investing, that have nothing to do with you buying something. Uh, I talk about it in my book, Purpose Determines Placement, that this has just turned into a quintessential sales pitch environment where you're constantly being pitched a mutual fund, an annuity, a a trust, a whatever. It's like you're being salesed to death. We want to start from an educational aspect, find out what do you need, why do you need it, how do you need it, and from that point you can make intelligent, educated decisions to find out if, in fact, you need a financial advisor, you may not. And if you do need a financial advisor, would we be the right ones for you? 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Sam, Andy, and Luke will be at your service. Uh, You'll get that retirement lifestyle review. uh, And just meet them. 866-203-7486. Make that no-cost, no-obligation appointment uh, with Sam or Andy or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies, and you'll be happy that you did well a fast-moving show and i know it's question and answer time next isn't it yeah it's been a busy week for listeners sending us questions and we'll tackle as many of them as we can right after this short break (music) 
And we're back for our final segment. Thanks for joining us each and every week here on Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here for Dual Financial Strategies, uh, along with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel. And uh, it is time to answer some questions. And as Sam said, it's been a busy week. Uh, we are uh, past the holidays now. We are uh, well into 2022 and uh, hoping for a great year and uh, getting rid of uh, uh, all the uh, the viruses and the, uh, well, hoping the pandemic turns into an epidemic and then uh, goes to zero. I think we'd all concur with that, wouldn't we, Sam? So we're all set to go with the questions. Anyway. And I think the whole problem with it is that it got politicized mm-hmm. very early. It, yeah. it, it quit being about science. It quit. Yeah, it's like, Chuck, it's like when we talk about retirement. This whole retirement thing is supposed to be about you. It's supposed to be about what your needs are. It's supposed to be about your best interests. It's supposed to be about you being able to enjoy retirement. You know, you shouldn't be working with a financial advisor because it's going to help finance their retirement. Obviously, we get paid for what we do, but if it turns into being about them instead of being about you that's probably a backwards relationship that's exactly what we feel has happened with this whole pandemic thing is it has became about the political power of it instead of it being about you actually being better and being that's right and speaking of portfolios i would just like to see the portfolio of certain individuals that have been making some of these claims i wonder how much pfizer stock they have i wonder how much moderna and moderna now i'm armenian and i know that the owner uh, the guy that started Moderna is a nice Armenian boy from Beirut, Lebanon. So not trying to say anything, but I know I don't have any stock in any of those. So when you talk about those vaccines, anyway, let's get to our questions. I know our (laughs) listeners probably concur with what we're saying. And if they don't, too bad. My name's Chuck Caton. Call me in North Carolina or something. (laughs) (laughs) But we will go to Robert De Pere, who says, I've got money on uh, certificates of deposit. Uh, Some people call them certificates of disappointment today with the interest rates. But he says, I'm charged fees for withdrawing from these accounts. And I want my money to be able to grow in an account. But I also want to be able to withdraw uh, without any fees if needed. So what kind of other accounts can I invest my money in uh, to do uh, just that? Yeah, we see that uh, sometimes as a, as a trend where uh, it's not as prevalent here, but it seems like banks in particular are charging for basically you walk into their lobby, you know, and they have some sort of an access fee that they're going to charge you for. So my dad would have called that getting nickel and dime to death, Chuck, and nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Um, but if you do have something like that, you've got these very low yielding types of deposits and they're still dinging you for fees on them. Well, you if you want the money to be able to grow, the question there that you have to start out with, Robert, the very first thing is what level of risk are you willing to accept in proportion to the amount of growth that you want to see? Because that will dictate as the title of my book indicates, Purpose Determines Placement, what's the purpose of this money? If you want no risk, if you don't want to have any downside exposure, well, then you have to go to those instruments. You have to use things like savings accounts, CDs, uh, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. Those are all instruments that will offer you upside potential, either at a guaranteed rate or at a rate tied to a market-length stock market index. But if you are using the proper ones, those don't carry fees. You shouldn't be charged for that, and you shouldn't have any sort of a fee for withdrawing it. If you're willing to accept some downside risk in proportion to the upside, well, then you can start to move into the investment world. You can start to use exchange-traded funds. You can start to use what we call separately managed accounts. You can start to venture into a higher realm. 
However, keep in mind that if you're going into the stock market world, absolutely nothing is free. There is not a single thing that you can do that is going to be completely free. You're going to be charged an advisor fee. You're going to be charged a commission for the buying or selling of something. You're going to be charged an internal fee. So that is a very important thing for you to consider. How much risk do you want and what is the value of it to you? All right, let's go, Andy, to Gary and Kimberly, who says my spouse and I are 79 and 77 years old, respectively. We've got $2 million in assets and uh, want to transfer some of that to our grandchildren when we pass. So instead of giving them a set amount at once, is it possible for them to get a, a certain amount over the years? Well, you can definitely set that up. I mean, you can obviously do the gifting strategy for 2022. You can gift up to $22,000 per child, per grandchild, per year. Um, and essentially, you're paying the taxes on that. There are some life insurance strategies that you might look into for the grandkids um, that you could help them with um, and that would provide them potentially with some income strategies later on. Um, you could also do things like, you know, talking to an estate planning attorney and and set something up in paper in writing that would speak for you beyond when you pass to make sure that your kids' grandkids get a distribution however you want them to. Um, so that would continue. And so you have to just kind of be open to different ideas, I think, because there are a lot of different strategies that you could employ to set up different things based on whatever your goal is. So again, knowing and understanding what you're trying to do, what you're trying to help them with um, can be very beneficial. All right, let's go to Patricia now uh, in Greenleaf. And Luke, uh, she wants to know if IRAs could be held jointly by spouses. Great question, Patricia. This is a question that we get all the time. It's an um, easy one. It's an easier question. Yeah, but it is a question that we get all the time. Um, and no, an IRA is an individual retirement account. So as the name implies, um, this is an account that's registered in just one person's name. Um, if you're asking that question because you have a spouse and you want to be sure that those funds transfer to your spouse upon your passing and are there for them, um, you know, kudos to you for making sure that that happens. Uh, but the way to do that then would be to list them as a beneficiary on your account, you know, primarily so that if something happens, the money would flow um, automatically right to them. All right. So uh, again, even I could have answered that question, right? I, I guess if I answer no, <laughs> there you go. Individual. I would have been stumped on that one, though, Sam. I think I, I don't know if I would have been able to answer that question. But anyway. you know, it's, it's really interesting, Chuck. It's how the IRA whole thing gets kind of confusing for people anyway. It does. There's so many different iterations of it and yeah. so many different things it's called. Um, so I would tell anyone, don't ever be embarrassed about asking a question about those because it is confusing. But the the key there, your clue on it is I, which stands for individual. There we go. Account. But right. our industry is really good at making things complex right? oh, it's, yeah, I mean it's just yeah, like yeah. we got an acronym for everything yeah. and yeah. it's like well what does the acronym even mean and so for, now you know for a thousand years the money that you're forced to take out of your IRA at 72 has been called a required minimum distribution and then we noticed a couple of years ago for some reason it starts popping up in the media and they're calling it a minimum required distribution right it's like who changed the name of it <laughs> yeah. when, when did this get changed I, I just wish remember. it wasn't required that's all hey, we just wish it wasn't required exactly. yeah there you go all right Jeremy's in Sherwood Sam he's 51 he's got a wife uh, the uh 
I don't have a retirement plan. So now our son is uh, through college. We're thinking about our financial future and retirement. And we've got three life insurance policies with a total cash value of about $160,000 and $50,000 in cash in an emergency fund. So uh, should we remove some or all of that cash and invest it in a Roth IRA? Uh, or what's a good strategy to get us to retirement? Um, because our full retirement age is at 67. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Jeremy. Appreciate you calling in and asking that. Um, interesting scenario. Uh, so just a little bit of life insurance 101. You have what's called a cash value life insurance policy. For those of you that don't, that don't know, it's either, you know, basically you get two different kinds of life insurance policies. You either rent one which is term insurance, where you just pay a premium every month or every year, you get a certain dollar amount of insurance for a certain period of time, like 10-year term, 20-year term. Hey, you get hit by a beer truck during that time frame, the insurance company pays out. Otherwise, you pay them a premium for 20 years, you don't die, nobody gets paid. What Jeremy is talking about here is something called probably a whole life policy or a universal life policy. So what's happened is over the years, as the premiums have been put into this life insurance policy, a portion of it went to pay for the insurance and the rest of it went into basically a savings bucket for Jeremy. And that's called the cash value. The interesting thing, though, Jeremy, is that that cash value is like a Roth IRA in a way because that money that's in there, if it's removed from those policies properly and under the right, the right parameters, that money is tax-free. Any money that you've put into that cash value, that's your basis. So any of that can be removed without tax ramifications. It's only the growth that's taxed. And if you have those policies structured properly, you can take that cash value as what's called a loan. And that is also a non-taxable event. So to pull it out to invest it in a Roth IRA, if someone is suggesting that, I think you probably need to have another conversation with someone who knows and understands life insurance because I'm not so sure that they that they understand the way these policies work. So it could be a good strategy for you to get to that full retirement age to continue using these types of instruments. Of course, we want some sort of a supplemental savings program for you because that's probably 160000 isn't going to get it for you. Uh, the 50000 in cash we're going to need for emergencies. You're right. Um, but if these policies are, I would say, Jeremy, if those policies are more than probably 10, 12 years old, those should be examined anyway because I would be, I would be very, very... Uh, uh, confident that you probably could go out, take the cash value that you have in those, trade them for something different in the insurance world, and maybe come out better than what you are. All right. But yeah, talk to someone who knows and understands insurance. We do a lot of that at Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, and when you start getting into advanced life insurance concepts like this and withdrawal of cash values, um, we have a very broad and deep knowledge of that. And they have a broad and deep knowledge of anything uh, retirement-wise that you need to talk about because they're independent. They uh, have your best interest in mind. And again, it is your retirement. So give 
Sam, Andy, or Luke a call at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Make that no-cost, no-obligation appointment with him. Uh, Sam, again, has penned the book, and he's updated it, as he said, the Purpose Determines Placement. You get a copy of that as well when you make that appointment. So don't be afraid uh, to get your retirement lifestyle review. Sit down with Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies with their over 20 years of experience. 866-203-7486. You'll be happy you did anywhere you are in the Fox Valley. Well, it's been my pleasure to be with you all again. Uh, happy New Year belatedly to you all and to our listeners. And Sam, your final thoughts. Uh, so glad that everybody tuned in. Hope this was educational for you. Keep your eye out on Facebook for our two-night educational courses. We're in full swing on those again, and we'll see you on TV or hear you on the radio. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.